Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and this is episode 104 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. And today we continue and finalize our divisional breakdown series for 2019 fantasy football, diving into the NFC East and the AFC East. Quick announcement before we get going today. We have officially opened submissions for our 2019 TCK Pod Listener League and are accepting listeners for our 12-team full PPR league. If you're interested in joining us, please send an email to tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod. Add the hashtag tckpodll, that's T-C-K-P-O-D-L-L, with one thing that you appreciate about the podcast and one thing that I can do to make it better moving forward, and that will enter you into a chance to be included into our 2019 TCK Pod Listener League, and chosen participants will be announced over the next few weeks leading into draft season. The draft itself won't take place until late August, so we have plenty of time, but enough business. Let's talk some football. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. All right, we'll start in the NFC East. That's the Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, Washington Redskins, and the New York football Giants. We'll start with the Cowboys. At quarterback, Dak Prescott, one of my late-round QBs, favorite late-round QBs, going as the QB 17 right now off the board, 11th pick in the 11th round. In my opinion, he has huge upside. He has top 10 uh, quarterback upside. He was the quarterback nine down the stretch when um, – Amari Cooper came over from Oakland last year. He was quarterback six a couple years ago. He was the number one quarterback overall in fantasy football two years ago before Zeke went out with his suspension. I like Dak a lot. He has a great rushing floor. He scored six touchdowns in each of his seasons on the ground. He rushes the ball well, throws the ball well. He's got... He's got his best receiving weapon that he's had in Amari Cooper. Uh, Zeke is healthy. The offensive line is healthy. Assuming Zeke doesn't hold out, which I'll get into in just a second, um, the Cowboys should be high-flying, and I think Dak will be just fine. So if you don't get one of those top quarterbacks and you wait it out and you go 10th round plus, I would um, I would go with Dak Prescott personally. Uh, but there's also there's a lot of late-round quarterbacks, and the quarterback position is so deep. But Dak, along with... I don't know, uh, Lamar Jackson, if he learns how to throw, or Josh Allen, um, or Ben Roethlisberger, Trubisky even. you know, Some of these guys have the huge upside um, if everything falls into place. I just think Dak has the most reasonable chance that things will fall into place for him. So I like Dak Prescott a lot there. And Zeke Elliott, my number one overall running back, is third off the board right now, um, going behind uh, – Saquon mostly and Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara as well, but you can't go wrong with any of those top four. Love Zeke a lot. Zeke is getting a little bit of flack right now and his ADP is dropping because he had mentioned that he would threaten to uh, hold out um, if he doesn't get a contract extension. They're working on Dak Prescott. Uh, They just brought in Amari Cooper. I think they'll get this done because Zeke Elliott's a beast, but in the NFL, um, we see big-time running backs walk and go somewhere else. I don't think that's going to happen in Dallas, um, but just because I don't think they have another option behind them right now. But they could potentially neglect to 
uh, you know, resign or continue his contract next year and maybe move him on. But for this year, I think everything gets settled before the season starts. And therefore, uh, Zeke Elliott will be just fine. And um, he is my number one overall running back in all formats as of right now. Amari Cooper, uh, stud wide receiver, of course. Um, he's been very, very boomer bust, very in um, consistent with Oakland, especially, but also in Dallas a little bit last year. However, um, he absolutely tore it up uh, in multiple games last year, uh, scoring three touchdowns versus the Philadelphia Eagles. He had 200 yards in the game. Um, I think he'll be just fine. He's uh, He's got the uh, fourth pick in the third round right now. I like Amari Cooper uh, a lot. So um, I am picking Amari Cooper in the third round for sure if I can uh, around kind of Keenan Allen, Diggs Thielen, uh, you know, um, maybe A.J. Green even uh, in that realm. I like Amari Cooper a lot with that upside. Michael Gallup is a deep, uh, deep kind of sleeper. Um, he had a nice uh, rookie campaign, but it wasn't super flashy, but it was productive. I like him a lot. He's in the 14th round. So if you're looking at deep options right now for uh, receivers, I think Michael Gallup is a great one. And then Randall Cobb is a name that I think is just kind of flying under the radar this offseason. Of course, perennially uh, effective with the Packers when healthy over the years, but he is now in Dallas uh, taking over for Cole Beasley, and he's in the 14th round as well. So Gallup and Cobb are both in the 14th round for the Cowboys, and I think they're both really solid um, options who will uh, – outperform the ADP, both of them. I think they're going to be just fine. And then, of course, Jason Witten uh, returning out of retirement at tight end. I'm not looking to draft him, but he is a nice kind of just uh, solid floor, probably tight end, no upside. But he'll catch two touchdowns against the Giants uh, in each game. Um, and he'll probably catch five catches a game for maybe 50 yards. So a really nice tight end floor. Uh, but I just don't see any boom games uh, from him. But I like Dak Prescott and Zeke and Amari Cooper a lot for the Cowboys. Let's move on to the Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz coming off of yet another injury. Um, QB8 right now, 11th pick in the seventh round. I understand all the hype for Carson Wentz. I don't even disagree with it per se, but I feel like I'm the lowest. I won't say that I'm in the industry per se because I'm not a professional, uh, but just the people that take this shit you know, serious enough uh, that I do um, and even more so. Everybody is fucking on Carson Wentz's jock, which is fine because when he's healthy, he's awesome. And I understand that, but I'm worried about it. Uh, I was worried about it last year. He came out fucking crushed, but then he got hurt and he was done. I'm worried that that's going to happen again this year. Um, they start to pile up and unfortunately we can't get away from that sometimes. So a little bit worried about Carson Wentz. So um, we'll say we'll just kind of stay tuned on that. Moving on to the running backs. We got Miles Sanders, the rookie. And Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, of course, coming over from the Bears. This is going to be interesting. You still have Corey Clement. Um, Darren Sproles is still on the roster. Uh, Smallwood is still there. This is a really, really crowded backfield. I think it's going to be Jordan Howard to start. And if he's able to maintain what they need him to do in Philadelphia, I think he'll be just fine. Uh, but if he's not, then Miles Sanders will probably take over. But I'm a little bit worried about Miles Sanders. He's got a hamstring injury this offseason. That is never a good sign no matter what, especially when you're a rookie coming in the NFL trying to earn your stripes. So I'm kind of staying away from this backfield, to be perfectly honest with you. There's just way too many mouths to feed, and I don't know who it's going to be right now. I'm not super excited about Jordan Howard in general. Miles Sanders I think is great in Dynasty and stuff like that because I think he'll be awesome eventually, but not uh, right away for the Eagles. So I'm pu personally pumping the brakes on the Eagles' backfield. 
For the receivers, Alshon Jeffrey in the sixth round, I think is a great value. Um, he has had many injuries in his career as well. Concerned about him staying healthy for an entire season just because we we haven't really seen it over his career. But when he's on the field uh, with Wentz, he has been a beast. He was a machine in the playoffs. Um, he's a big red zone target, always has been. He's a possession receiver. Not a huge upside, um, not a huge ceiling because you're not going to see Alshon Jeffrey with you know 12 catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns or break off a 75-yard touchdown run. That's just not really his game. Um, he's huge. He's he's a, a, a you know a possession receiver, so I think he's good for you know six to eight catches a game, and you know uh, let's say sixty to eighty yards floor a game, and then a touchdown every other week. So I think that's a great floor for a wide receiver too. And in the sixth round, I think people are really sleeping on him right now. So I like Alshon in the sixth round. Um, I think he's a good uh, good grab there. And then Deshaun Jackson um, is another one who I think could really see a resurgence in his career. Um, we saw him uh, do really well in, in Tampa Bay, of course. Um, and then he got shipped back to uh, Philadelphia where he started his career. And in the 11th round, um, I'm not a guy that ever drafts Deshaun Jackson. I don't like the boomer bust guys. Um, when you're as good as Tyreek Hill is and you have the position Tyreek Hill has, that's kind of a different situation. But the boom bust guys, Ted Ginn, uh, Deshaun Jackson, um, you know, some of these guys over the years, it's just not really my game in fantasy football, but he's going back to Philadelphia. Wentz can chuck it. He's got a great arm and they love him in Philadelphia. We saw what he could do last year in Tampa Bay and Jameis fucking overthrew him every pass. So he didn't even accumulate his touch, his, uh, actual numbers. So I, I actually like Deshaun Jackson late. Um, if you're looking for dart throws and stuff, cause he does have that week to week upside. And of course in best ball, uh, formats, Deshaun Jackson is, is always going to be a great, um, value there. Um, Nelson Aguilar and JJ Arcega Whiteside, the rookie out of Stanford, um, are also around there. You're probably not drafting them, but just a heads up if you're in deeper leagues. And then of course, uh, Ertz and Goddard Ertz is going in the fifth round. Um, I personally am faded a little bit on Ertz. I know that uh, some of the draft room pod who jumped on to my tight end uh, rankings um, episode was not super high on him, and he actually had him fourth. He has Evan Ingram third and Ertz fourth. And after hearing his claim, I almost I might do the same thing. Right now, currently, I still have Ertz as my third spot. I have Kelsey and Kittle ahead of him. But um, I really liked his take, and I, I love Dallas Goddard. So I might actually drop Ertz. But just seeing what he's done and what he did last year, um, most receptions by a tight end, um, you know, most targets, I mean, just fucking ridiculous. Um, so I like Ertz a lot, but I also like Dallas Goddard. And Goddard's going in the 15th round. So I wouldn't draft Goddard by himself, but if you get Ertz, I would definitely get uh, that handcuff, the rare tight end handcuff. I would um, do that with uh, Dallas Goddard there. Let's go on to the Washington Redskins. And uh, not much to talk about at the t at the quarterback position. Um, they have Case Keenum to start, uh, but you know he'll be out in a couple weeks, and they'll let Haskins give a shot. I'm not super sold on Haskins. I actually compared Haskins at the draft. I compared him to Jameis Winston. Athletically, I think he's fine. Um, talent wise, I think he's fine. He's obviously not happy to um, be with the Redskins, and I think that's going to show. You see that attitude. Uh, you saw that attitude with Josh Rosen last year. And there was a lot of things wrong in Arizona, but he had a shitty season. 
I can actually see that happening with, with Dwayne Haskins as well. So I'm not really stoked on him regardless moving forward. So staying away from really the fucking entire Washington offense, but it's my obligation to talk about every single team. So uh, Adrian Peterson, all of a sudden getting more value. He right now was going in the 10th round, the back of the 10th round, which is ridiculous because just what, like four years ago, maybe Adrian Peterson was Todd Gurley, right? He was the perennial number one running back. Um, but you know how times change in fantasy football. Um, going in the back of the 10th round, Adrian Peterson will be the starting running back for the Redskins, at least for the first couple of games of the season. I think that's a steal. I think his AP, his um, ADP will go up because Darius Geis is now injured again. He's coming off a torn ACL, which is rough enough as a rookie, but he also has hamstring issues now. And he came out with a quad injury already in the, in the uh, preseason. So I am fading Darius guys. He's in the seventh round right now, but that ADP will shake out. And I bet AP and guys swap ADPs. So Adrian Peterson in the 10th round right now, he could go up to the seventh, probably guys is in the seventh right now. He'll probably drop down to the 10th. So I'm staying away from everybody. If Adrian Peterson stays in the 10th round, um, by the time real drafts come around, he's a starting quarter uh, running back. That's amazing. He still ran for a thousand yards last year, which it didn't seem like he did because he's old and and seemingly slow. But if anybody saw that game against Philadelphia, where he fucking crushed through the middle, just vintage Adrian Peterson, where he found a seam and then just outpaced everybody. Still, um, you know, he's ten years older than some of these guys, and he just burned everybody to the end zone for a ninety-plus yard touchdown. He still got it. He's one of the most motivated uh, players in the NFL. Period. Um, I think Adrian Peterson is going to be just fine no matter what. But if he's a starting running back in the tenth round and guys is hurt, scoop him up all day long. Um, Chris Thompson always hurt PPR leagues, maybe, but don't expect him to last the whole season. And then Bryce love the, uh, rookie out of Stanford, I think is a really good running back. I watch him a lot in the pack 12, but I don't know that he's going to get his opportunity. Um, they're going to, they're probably going to, you know, do something with Thompson until he gets hurt. They're going to give guys every opportunity they can until, you know, maybe he doesn't work out or he does. So I don't think Bryce does much this year, but if Adrian Peterson retires or moves on next year, um, or guys and Thompson get hurt or even Adrian Peterson gets hurt, uh, which he's been known to do, then Bryce love could move with the depth chart, but in a deep league or a rookie dynasty league, um, I like Bryce love a lot, but again, not, until probably two or three years down the road. The receivers, not drafting anybody here, but Josh Dogson, uh, Paul Richardson, Trey Quinn in the slot. He's a decent name in way deep leagues. An interesting name is Terry McLaurin, who's a, a rookie from uh, Ohio State, but he actually went to school and was uh, he played with Dwayne Haskins in Ohio State last year. So that's an interesting combo just because they have the rapport, but Again, I'm staying away from everybody on the Redskins except for maybe Adrian Peterson if he remains, let's say, 8, 9, 10th round and uh, is, in fact, the starter. Jordan Reed is still um, relevant, I suppose. Uh, he is in the 14th round. And, um, again, another deep guy. You know, he's kind of in that Delaney Walker, um, uh, Jimmy Graham, uh, um, let's see, uh, Greg Olson, you know, some of these older guys. Uh, actually, Jordan Reed's not that old. He just seems extremely old. But kind of these older guys, these fading guys, Jason Witten, things like that, that not a lot of upside, but he might have a decent floor as long as he's healthy. Um, but again, I, I just don't think this offense is going to do much for fantasy football uh, in general. Let's go on to the New York football giants. 
Eli Manning, um, no thank you. Daniel Jones, uh, no thank you. We don't know what's going on with either one of them. I don't want either one of them for my fantasy team, even in two QB leagues. I think it's going to be a shit show. And as much as I respect Eli Manning as a football player, um, you know, kudos to what he's done in his career. I'm not high on him in fantasy football. And I expect Daniel Jones to get in at least halfway through the season. Um, unless Eli Manning is fucking, you know, turning the clock back to, uh, you know, 2011 or something like that. But until, you know, unless that happens, Daniel Jones will be the uh, starting quarterback for the Cowboys before too long. Um, so in dynasty leagues, keep an eye on Daniel Jones. I don't think he's terrible. I mentioned this during the draft. I think the kid got so much shit because they drafted him at six. And I feel really bad for Daniel Jones personally, because it's not his fucking fault that they drafted him that early or they put that kind of pressure on him. Um, but because they put that kind of pressure on him, if he's not incredible, New York is going to fucking eat him alive. And I feel bad for the kid because his, his, um, his chance to succeed no matter what is just not possible. Um, unfortunately on top of that, they got rid of Odell Beckham, um, Sterling Shepard. I don't, I mean, he's a good receiver, but he's not a, um, game-changing wide receiver one. Golden Tate is at the end of his career. Corey Coleman, who's on the team, had a lot of hope a couple years ago, but he hasn't really shined to do much. Saquon Barkley is all-world, but he's a running back. And Evan Ingram is excellent as well, but he's a tight end. So I just don't know that Daniel Jones is set up for success regardless. So I'm a little bit worried about him even in dynasty leagues. But nonetheless, keep an eye on him. Um, And then Saquon Barkley, of course, not much to say about him. Uh, He's incredible. Um, if you take him in as the number one running back in all formats, I would not, uh, blink at all. He's my number two personally, just cause I like Zeke in that Dallas offense in general, but, um, Zeke is, uh, or Saquon is an absolute animal. Of course, quick note on that, um, Dwayne Goleman and Rod Smith, who actually coincidentally was the handcuff for many years with Zeke is now the handcuff for Saquon Barkley. So if you're in deeper leagues or you do the handcuff game, Dwayne Gallman is probably the first one, but then Rod Smith also uh, in New York. The wide receivers, um, Sterling Shepard, as I mentioned, Corey Coleman and Golden Tate. Sterling Shepard's going in the eighth round. Um, I get, yeah, that's fine. Uh, he's a nice over-the-middle receiver. He'll probably play more on the outside now that uh, um, Golden Tate is going to take over the slot and Odell Beckham is now in Cleveland. So in the eighth round, that's fine. But again, I, I just don't, I don't want – there's other options there. I don't want to to put my um, wide receiver three uh, in the hands of Eli Manning or Daniel Jones. So I'm, I'm fading Sterling Shepard, but as a player individually, I think he's a stud. Um, I just don't want him. Uh, best ball, I think he's a good option. Corey Coleman, until he's relevant, we're not going to do much with him. And then Golden Tate, I think will be fine. Uh, he kind of got the shaft last year getting traded to Philadelphia midseason, and they just didn't even fucking use him. But Golden Tate is still just fine, and if he can be that over-the-middle slot guy, he'll be cool in the 10th round. So that's kind of a steal for uh, Golden Tate. And then Evan Ingram, I've mentioned it multiple times in these episodes. He is in my next three tight ends after the big three, Kelsey Kittle and Ertz. He's in the next three with uh, Howard Henry and Ingram. I like him a lot in the sixth round would be great. My only thing is with all three of these guys, Shepard, Tate, and Ingram, is I kind of think all three of them play the same exact position, which is kind of weird to think about. But in my opinion, they're all kind of middle-of-the-field slot receivers, and I just don't know how this offense is going to look with everybody. So I'm fading everybody. I mean, Saquon Saquon. And Evan Ingram, I think, is a special talent at tight end as well. But the other receivers I'm just not uh, interested in for the Giants. I just think that the, the rest of the guys are going to have – 
too many um too much competition with amongst themselves uh to get um proper production before we get into the rest of the episode let's take a quick break here and if you like what you're hearing and you want to find us outside of the podcast please like us and follow us on instagram at fantasy football underscore tck pod on twitter at tck underscore pod on facebook at the candlestick kids fantasy podcast and you can always drop us an email at tckpod at gmail.com. And of course, please leave a rate and review wherever you're listening to your podcast. It really does help us out a lot to get your feedback and it helps the algorithms as well. So help your boy out and please uh, leave a rate and review. I would much, much appreciate it. So before we get into the AFC East, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor's the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's Anchor. .fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. All right. I'd love to say that I saved the best for last, but that is unfortunately just not the case with the AFC East. Perennially one of the worst fantasy wastelands outside of New England uh, with a couple superstars on other teams. But I think we can find some diamonds in the rough on these teams here with the New England Patriots, the New York Jets, the Buffalo Bills, and the Miami Dolphins. Let's start with the defending Super Bowl champions, New England Patriots, Tom Brady, going as the 15th quarterback off the board, 11th round. Here's the deal. Tom Brady is arguably the best quarterback of all time. You can have, you know, you can do that argument all all day. I'm not going to do that right now. For fantasy football, he had his time in the sun. He is no longer there. He's going to have games. He's going to have one game this season where he throws five fucking touchdowns. He'll have another game where he throws 400 yards. And he's going to have a couple of games where he doesn't throw any touchdowns and the Patriots run the ball for five different touchdowns. So you just never know when it's going to come. The Jets and the Bills and the Dolphins aren't exactly the walkover that they've always been for so many years anymore. And the Patriots are not exactly as dominant, although they, of course, keep winning Super Bowls, but they're not as just automatically dominant anymore in this division. So Tom Brady, to me, is a two quarterback option only. Uh, or a streamer 
against plus matchups because you know if there's a weak passing offense and a weak passing defense facing the Patriots and they have a good rushing defense, Belichick is just going to throw the shit out of the ball. That's that's what they do. They attack your weakness. So as a streamer or as a second quarterback uh, in a two QB league or a super flex league, I think Brady is great. He'll have a nice floor for you, but I think his upside for the most part is behind him. So be careful with Tom Brady there. As far as the running backs, a lot of names here. Sony Michelle in the fifth round, James White in the fifth round, Rex Burkhead and rookie Damian Harris out of Alabama. So Sony Michelle is tricky. Um, he's coming off of a couple of different injuries last year. He was a fucking animal down the stretch and in the postseason. Um, so was James White, and they both were incredible. And I think they're both going to be quite effective again this year. However, I'm a little bit worried about Sony Michelle. Um, he had a, a kind of a clean, a cleanup, uh, if you will, in his knee this off season, which you don't really want. I mean, a cleanup is not a, a full on, you know, repairing uh, operation. So that's okay. But he's had injuries dating back to high school. Uh, he had injuries in college. He had injuries last year leading into the draft. Then he got drafted and got fucking hurt last year. So Sonny Michelle to me is one or two injuries away from being, you know, just straight up ostracized in the league. And you know that Belichick's not going to mess around with that. If he's a, if he's a, um, if, Sony Michelle becomes any sort of hazard for the Patriots. They're just going to cut ties. I'm a little bit worried about that. He's worth drafting in the fifth round because when he's on the field, he should get 15, 20 uh, touches a game, but he doesn't catch the ball. He had seven receptions last year, seven receptions last year because his backfield mate, James White is one of the best catching running backs of all time. Um, and, they're going in basically back to back in the fifth round. I personally would rather have James White. Um, we know that Daniel here on the podcast loves James White. Curly on the podcast here loves James White. None of us really hate Michelle. It's just in a full PPR league, which we play primarily, James White was the number seven running back last year. Um, and he, I mean, scored 15 touchdowns, which <laughs> you just can't count on. But even if he gets down to 10 or eight and he has all those receptions and yardage through the air and on the ground, James White could still outpace Sony Michelle um, if he's just running the ball. Now we have Rex Burkhead and Damian Harris. Rex Burkhead could potentially get cut. And Brandon Bolden, who's, if you're not uh, a football nerd like I am, you maybe not know the name Brandon Bolden, but Brandon Bolden has been on the Patriots for many, many years. He's primarily a special team specialist, um, but he is a running back uh, by trade and on paper. Now the Patriots aren't going to, aren't going to hold five running backs. They're going to hold four. And Brandon Bolden is one of the best special teams players in the league. And that's how Belichick cut his teeth in the league many, 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 many years ago with the Browns and the Giants uh, before he was a defensive coordinator and then moved up the charts. But uh, he loves his special teams. And Brandon Bolden is a very effective player in NFL. He doesn't do anything for fantasy, but he's very effective in NFL. And I think he's going to make the team. So that means Rex Burkhead or Damian Harris won't make the team, at least to start. Now, Damian Harris, they just drafted from Alabama. They're not going to cut him. So I think that they could actually cut Rex Burkhead, which if you're just a fantasy head, that sounds crazy because the last couple of years we've loved Rex Burkhead. Um, but think about it. Sonny Michelle is definitely going to be uh, the lead back. James White is James White. He's the third down specialist for sure. I think Brandon Bolden makes the team as a, as a special teams guy. And then they have Damon Harris uh, to kind of spell Sonny Michelle. That, that means that Rex Burkhead might get the shaft. If that happens, 
um, and anybody goes down, Rex Burkhead would immediately be back on the team. But I think to start the season, it's Michelle White, uh, Bolden, and Harris. But for fantasy football, you're just looking at Michelle and White. So I just want to run through all the the uh, New England uh, backs there because it's kind of a messy situation. But you know, all of them could be effective uh, any given week. Moving on to the receivers. Uh, Julian Edelman coming off of the Super Bowl MVP performance in the fourth round. I like that. Gronk is gone now, and Julian Edelman is steady anyway. But when Gronk's off the field, Julian Edelman is an absolute monster. Doesn't have a huge touchdown upside, as we all know, but he could literally catch fucking 12 balls every game. I mean, that's insane, and that's not going to happen. But we've seen it happen over stretches. We see him get 15 targets a game. And I don't see why that changes this year. James White is going to get peppered. Edelman's going to get peppered. We'll see if Nikhil Harry, the uh, rookie out of Arizona State, is going to get um, significant work on the outside. Philip Dorsett and uh, Dontrell Inman are on the team, which I think are great um, options in real football for the Patriots. They also signed Demarius Thomas, who's coming off of a gruesome injury and basically almost retired. Um so, you know, there's there's five options there for the Patriots and whoever the fuck else they have hiding around like the Patriots do. But Edelman's going to get his. The whole offense is going to go through Michelle on the ground, Edelman in the receiving game, and White out of the backfield on those dump-offs. We know that Brady loves that shit. So I love Michelle, love White, and love Edelman. The rest of the Patriots, not so much. At tight end, for now, it's going to be Matt Lacoste, I believe, who was uh, with the Broncos last year. He's coming in for the first four games. Ben Watson is suspended for PEDs. I mentioned uh, in a previous episode, I won't go through the whole story again, but basically Ben Watson uh, was essentially going to retire. Uh, he didn't want his body breaking down, so he took some supplements that he didn't know were illegal to the NFL. Then he got a call from the Patriots to come back. He took a piss test, fucking came up, and they suspended him because – on paper, he had done PEDs, but he didn't do them on purpose. Came out with a really nice letter to the fans in the NFL of like, dude, it was fucking a mistake. My bad. I'm not a you know drug user. This is just a shitty situation. So Ben Watson will come back um, after the first quarter of the season. And I think he's a fucking nice sleeper, honestly. Um, if he can be 80% Rob Gronkowski, uh, who Gronk wasn't shit last year, as you remember, if you were his owner. If Watson can be 80% Gronk, that's going to be a tight end one for sure. Um, with touchdown upside every single week. So I I think Ben Watson is a nice waiver wire uh, look in, say, week two or three and get him a week or two before he comes back. So keep an eye on Ben Watson, even though he is suspended there. Matt Lacoste, maybe plug and play. We'll see how he works out in the uh, preseason, but um, not necessarily super stoked on him. Okay, that's a lot about the Patriots. Let's get into the Jets. Uh, shout out to my man, Gary Vaynerchuk. Of course, we get, spent 20 minutes talking about him with Nick Arcolano of Big Dogs Fantasy Football on episode 100. Big Jets fan, uh, my man, Gary V. Uh, Sam Darnold, um, not getting drafted in the top 24 right now, but I have him ranked in the top 24. And I think he's going to have a nice season. I think next year, next year, I think Sam Darnold is legit drafted as a top 20 uh, quarterback. But if they actually get some fucking receivers to to do shit and Robbie Anderson's the real deal and they have some of these other um, weapons, if Le'Veon Bell pans out and Adam Gase doesn't destroy the team, which he might, I really think that Sam Darnold has the talent to uh, take this team to the next level and really kind of be the next team once Brady and company fade out into the sunset in the next couple of years. I think it'll be the Jets, not the Bills and not the Dolphins. Uh, sorry, Bills Mafia and, and Miami folks, but I just think the Jets are more poised to be that team if Adam Gase doesn't fucking blow it. So 
Sam Darnold, just kind of a deeper, deeper two quarterback guy, um, but a name to, to keep an eye on. He's still very, very, very young, uh, but extremely talented and came on in the second half of the season. Le'Veon Bell comes in from Pittsburgh after sitting out last season, of course, that whole saga. I'm not going to go into all that shit, but he's getting picked as the number 10 uh, overall pick right now. And that worries me quite a bit. Uh, a bunch of reasons. I went into him on depth, uh, in depth on my uh, running back breakdown. Uh, dial back a few episodes and check that out if you'd like to. Um, I won't go into super detail, but basically, I'm worried about the Jets' offensive line. I'm worried about Adam Gase in general and a shitty play calling, as well as a slow paced offense that he likes to have. And I'm also worried about Le'Veon Bell missing an entire season. He ballooned up to like 260 pounds. He was partying in Miami all. All uh, season last year, which yo, I don't blame him. I've been to Miami; it's fucking lit. I mean, do what you got to do while you're while you're not working, but not good for fantasy football. He's gonna be fine. He's gonna have about 300 touches. He's gonna catch a shitload of balls. He'll score his touchdowns. Lev Bell will be fine if he doesn't get hurt, but he's not. I am confident about this. He's not gonna be a top six running back, a top eight running back that he's getting drafted as right now. I really don't believe that. I know a lot of people don't like to take and they disagree. That's fine. We can talk about it. I'm just, I got a terrible gut feeling about this whole thing with Lev. Again, I'm not saying he's going to be shitty and busting and you shouldn't draft him. None of that stuff. Like go for it. I just think that we're drafting him off of who he used to be two years ago. He's in a completely different offense, completely different offensive line, completely different scheme, completely different head coach, completely different weapons. Uh, nobody else on the team to really scare a defense, so they're going to just zone in on him. And I don't think Le'Veon Bell is game-changing enough with his play style to take over a game like Adrian Peterson or Zeke or Gurley or Saquon. So I'm worried about Le'Veon Bell. That's all I'm going to say about that. Back of the first round, uh, beginning of the second round, cool, but just be careful that you don't draft him too early or pass up on somebody who's going to be a stalwart um, at the running back position or one of those top echelon receivers in the beginning of the first round. Um, let's see at the receivers. We have, uh, Robbie Anderson, who's going in the seventh round. This is a boomer bust player. I mean, best ball. Robbie Anderson's going to be great. Um, I would draft him probably not in the seventh round, maybe like the eighth or the ninth. Cause I'm just a little bit worried about this offense in general with Adam Gase and things like that. But talent wise, when he's healthy and when he doesn't, you know, he's not being an idiot. I think Robbie Anderson is going to be a great receiver in general so the upside is there for sure but he's going to be boom bust don't see a lot of consistency he's going to have some games where he's got you know eight for fucking 150 and two touchdowns and he's gonna have some games where he's gonna have two for 32 yards i don't want to play with fire like that um but if you play in those high upside bonus leagues or you play in best ball robbie anderson is a great option and then quincy and and jamison crowder uh, are there as well. Um, two kind of the similar receivers, slot receivers. Uh, one will be on the outside. One will be in the slot. They might be interchangeable. N- you know, not terrible. You can draft them late or just keep an eye on them on the waiver wire if Sam Darnold does pan out. Um, because again, I think eventually this Jets offense is really going to hit all cylinders. I just don't know that it'll be this year because everything's new. Le'Veon Bell, Adam Gase, everyone's got to fit in. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but moving on to next year, I could definitely see uh, the Jets being significantly better. And then a quick note on Chris Herndon, the tight end. Loved him in the offseason. I liked him last year, a lot of upside. I was really excited, actually, to kind of have him as a sleeper this year and grab him on a lot of late teams. But he got suspended for four games. Um, And so he's going to be out for the first quarter of the season. Now, 
that could be good or bad. Like I mentioned with Ben Watson, this could be something where you don't draft Ben Watson and you pick him off of waiver wires on week two or three if you got a bench spot to burn, or you take him as your last pick in a deeper league and you have him where everyone forgets about him. So I think he's going to be fine once he plays. He's not injured. He's suspended. So there's a huge difference. He'll be fine when he comes in, but he is suspended for four games. So be careful there with, with Chris Herndon. Let's move on to the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen, awesome upside uh, breakout season last year, of course, as a rookie. Um, really, I think, took the league by storm just because we didn't think he was going to be doing that out, out of uh, Wyoming. But he's going as the 21st running back, uh, or excuse me, quarterback off the board, uh, 13th round. Um, love that all day. A lot of upside. I actually think he's a great um, – he has a really great arm. He's just not very effective and efficient accuracy-wise. So – if he can get his accuracy down, he's got really good weapons on the outside. He's got John Brown, who's uh, you know can fucking fly, of course. Robert Foster, who came on last year, uh, really nice option deep. And then Cole Beasley over the middle with Zay Jones. The, the weapons are there for Buffalo. Josh Allen just has to kind of settle and um, stay in the pocket and make those throws, and I think he'll be just fine. So not super crazy about Josh Allen, but if he was my super late-round quarterback one or a uh, quarterback two, I'd be pretty stoked on that especially in four point per touchdown leagues uh, where he, where the rushing matters more Um, Josh uh, Allen and uh, Lamar Jackson and those kind of guys get a boost for sure. Shady McCoy in the ninth round. No, thank you. Um, I don't want him at all. I I faded him last year. He was on my do not draft list. People fucking rode my ass about it. Sure enough. He was terrible. LaShawn McCoy is, is not LaShawn McCoy anymore. Okay. Um, Or I should say Shady McCoy is not Shady McCoy anymore. He's LaShawn McCoy. And LaShawn McCoy is fucking old and he's slow and he plays on a not super high powered offense. And he's got the legend Hall of Famer Frank Gore, who's going to split carries with him. And he's got the up and, you know, kind of a, um, you know, decent uh, uh, running back and a pass catcher in uh, uh, TJ Yeldon, um, who's never really got a, a high work share, but he's been efficient with his work in Jacksonville. And then he has. Devin Singletary, who is the rookie drafted in the 12th round. To be honest with you, if I'm going to get any of these Bills running backs, I'm going to get Devin Singletary in the 12th round. I'm going to pass on Shady. I'm going to pass on Gore. I'm going to pass on Yeldon. And I'm going to get Singletary in the 12th round, and he'll be this year's Alvin Kamara maybe. Now, the offense is not as good as the Saints. Obviously, I don't think Devin Singletary is going to be Alvin Kamara by any means. But what I mean is you get a running back that nobody in the draft thinks about. You get him as your fucking last pick or one of your three last picks, and you sit on him for four weeks. Um, Shady McCoy gets hurt. Frank Gore's not as effective as he was last year. Yeldon is kind of just a passing down specialist. All of a sudden, they give the kid a chance. Fresh legs. Um, he's young. He's got a uh, you know the Bills have a decent offensive line. He gets a couple plays. Boom. He maybe he's able to pop it, and he can kind of be a league winner down the stretch if the Bills get moving. So it's a long shot, but again, if I'm going to go with anybody in the backfield for the Bills, it's Devin Singletary late, and definitely in dynasty leagues. Receivers, I went over them already, but quickly again, late flyer on John Brown for sure. Boomer bust, best ball definitely. Robert Foster, best ball as well, 15th round. Cole Beasley could be a, a steady option, but there's better options with him just because we don't know what to get out of Josh Allen. And then Zay Jones, uh, best ball as well there for the Bills. And last but not least, the Miami Dolphins. Yikes. Uh, we have Fitzmagic and Rosen um, for the quarterback position. Fitzmagic was in a great situation last year in Tampa Bay with a great um, play calling scheme for him. Uh, just the the uh, 
the fuck it and chuck it offensive raid that they had in um, Tampa Bay was great for Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he put up huge numbers. Uh, but he also had great receiving options in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and OJ Howard. He doesn't have any of that in t- Tampa Bay, or excuse me, in uh, Miami. Um, doesn't have the coaching, doesn't have the scheme, doesn't have the weapons. I'm worried about Fitzmagic. I'm not drafting him in any league at all, no matter what. Uh, and Rosen, too. Again, I think he just, he's been in a really shitty situation. It's not the kid's fault, but he's just got a, He's uh, got two rough cards dealt to him in Dynasty, maybe just to see what happens, but not really stoked on Rosen. I see I see the Dolphins being one of the worst teams in the league, drafting a quarterback again this year and booting Rosen again. Uh, he'll be on his third team in three years, I think, next year at this time. But Fitzpatrick will get the start. Rosen will spell him eventually. It'll be a shit show all year in Miami. But Maybe some uh, maybe some goodness in Kenyon Drake, who I spent all of last year disliking um, and hating on. And, of course, uh, Curly and Daniel both gave me shit about it the entire uh, offseason. And um, I was right-ish, but he did surprise me. I got to be honest. Uh, Kenyon Drake was better than I thought he was going to be. And you know how karma works. I was actually um, – uh, fighting for my playoff life in the game that he scored the unnecessary bullshit lateral fucking last second Gronk can't run touchdown against the Patriots. And he got credit for that long ass touchdown and knocked me out of the playoffs. So, you know, that's, that's me for uh, talking shit on him all year. Nonetheless, he's going in the back of the fourth round. I think there's an option for him to exceed that. If he is able to get the pass catching work, he's very efficient on the ground. He is very athletic. He can make big plays. I just don't think the Dolphins are going to do much overall in the offense. Therefore, I'm fading him. But if Kenyon Drake becomes my like third running back in like the fifth or sixth round, somehow stoked on that way. I think with a lot of upside. Kalen Balage, um, I love Kalen Balage personally, but you know he's he can't do shit if he's not on the field. So he's just a handcuff at this point. Devontae Parker in the 13th round, he's a dart throw for sure. Um, we'll see what he can do with uh, Fitzmagic throwing him bombs. Hopefully it'll work out, but I, I think the ship has sailed on Devontae Parker personally. Albert Wilson was hurt last year. He's coming back. Jakeem Grant was hurt last year. He comes back. Kenny Stills running the slot. Any three of those guys could have a nice week. So I think they're all best ball options, but I don't think there's going to be any real consistency with the Miami offense at all. And if I go with anybody on the Dolphins, it'll be Kenyon Drake in the fourth, fifth, sixth round-ish. And Mike Kosicki. The tight end uh, that we're still uh, kind of waited for to break out last year didn't really happen. Uh, coming in from Penn State, he's back uh, this year too, so we'll see what happens with him as well. The Dolphins, much like um, – uh, let's see. The Dolphins also brought in a lot of the um, New England coaching staff, and we saw what they did with the tight ends. So if Kasiki can be there, he's athletically gifted enough for sure to get that work. We just got to see what exactly he's able to do with it. So let's go into my NFC, uh, my all NFC East team and my all AFC East team. And that will wrap up the divisional breakdown series. My all NFC East team, my quarterback is going to be Dak Prescott over Carson Wentz. Yes, over Carson Wentz. I will take Dak Prescott. Running backs, Zeke and Saquon, obviously. Receivers, uh, Mari Cooper and Alshon Jeffrey. My tight end is Zach Ertz. And my flex are going to be Evan Ingram. Deshaun Jackson and Michael Gallup, and I will take the Eagles defense for my all NFC team, NFC East team, and my all AFC East team. I'm going to go with Josh Allen as my quarterback, actually, over Tom Brady. I'm going to go with Josh Allen as my fantasy quarterback for my all NFC or AFC East team. 
Le'Veon Bell and James White as my running backs. Julian Edelman and Robbie Anderson as my receivers. Chris Herndon, uh, even with that, um, <laughs> even with that, uh, that um, suspension. I think he's still the best option for tight end. So I'm going to take him. And then at flex, uh, Kenyon Drake, Sony Michelle and Robert Foster. Um, and then I will take the bills defense for my all AFC East team. That'll do it for this episode. Reminder that if you're interested in being included in our TCK Pod Listener League, be sure to email us at tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK Pod with the hashtag TCK Pod LL. That's TCK Pod LL. And you'll be entered for a chance to gain entry into our TCK Pod Listener League, which will be a 12 team full PPR league. You can also find us on Twitter at TCK underscore pod or Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast page. If you've gained any value from this episode, please leave a rate and review for the podcast and give us a like and a follow on our social medias. It really does mean the world to me. And make the most of the rest of your day, and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sky Guasco, and I am out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.